Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. We're learning a lot every day in the epidemic as as uh, science changes, as our knowledge changes, as public health strategies continue to evolve. And we're constantly working to develop strategies to respond, but also to improve on those strategies to respond. In my mind, there are three big reasons to do testing. The first priority is to take care of people who are sick. And that, that testing is already happening and that's an important first priority for testing. The second priority is what I would call outbreak response or exposure response. So using your tests in a way to try to box in clusters or situations you may be concerned about. The third is testing in a systematic way to try to find where the virus is going and where it might be showing up in areas that you weren't expecting or in places that you might want to react to. And so um, that third program is, is what we call community sampling or surveillance testing. One of the big benefits that we get from doing community sample testing is to try to get a really even and systematic picture of what's going on with the disease in the community. Now, it doesn't mean that we're testing everybody. It doesn't mean that we're using the test to make clinical determinations or find everybody that's infected. What we do is we try to test people in a way that's systematic enough that we can be representative about trying to understand how the the virus is affecting all different components of our community. One of the important pieces of this is we want to find out how the virus is impacting all of our community, not just those parts of our community that will typically come in for testing or will have really good access to care. We want to try to reach everybody and try to be representative across different groups. This type of testing strategy tells us not only where the watermark is. Are we at a high watermark or a low watermark? for the the viruses that we're seeing in our community. But it also helps us look for warning signs. So is um, the level of virus higher in one group versus another group? If so, that the first group might need a targeted intervention. They might need strategies and mitigations. They may need our response to be a little bit different to try to protect people more in that group. And and so this um, helps us to look at that on a consistent basis over time to be able to look and see um, what the best ways to respond are. Community testing and surveillance testing is just one component of a number of different tools and ways to look at the data that we can use to try to understand how the virus is changing on campus and what the best ways to respond going forward are. So we've got Uh, testing for the virus. We've also got the symptom tracking app. We've also got monitoring of cases and people who are sick and presenting from care. We can take all of these different pieces of data to try to figure out not only where are we at now, but where are we going in the future and what do we need to be particularly mindful of and paying attention for and being prepared to respond to going forward. Systematic surveillance testing programs are good for informing and taking care of the health of a community. And it's good for are trying to understand what we need to know about our community and about our whole community. 
this isn't something that you use to take care of sick people, right? If you're sick, you go get clinical care and the testing that goes with that. And, and we have that at U of M. If you are concerned that you might've had an exposure or that you're the close contact of somebody who is infected, then there are clinical models to go to, to explore that and get the tests and the resources and the support that you need for those situations under the guidance of your clinician. Um, and then this, this third model of testing is for trying to understand our community in better ways so that we can respond more nimbly. This program is going to be an opt-in program. Um, we know that not everybody is comfortable with being in a program that's going to collect this level of information and wanting to collect viruses from your body. And we want to make that a voluntary choice that people have the ability to make. What we can do is then take the data that we get from the program and analyze it in a way to help us understand what it would look like if we did it on a representative sample. And so we can um, analyze it to figure out what segments of the community might be seeing more virus than other segments of the community. By um, enrolling people into the program in large numbers, we can also employ sampling strategies so we can kind of shine our spotlight in different ways that help us learn new things based on what we learned from week to week. Once people sign up for the program, they uh, will be enrolled and then they'll be alerted when it's time for them to go get a test and, um, and given instructions about how to do it at that time. Data from this program is going to be available not only to analysts and public health and people that are responding on the ground, but it's also going to be made available to the U of M community so we can see how much virus might be kind of percolating under the surface around campus. The other thing we're going to be very transparent about is describing the type of um, enrollment we get in the program, the type of uptake, and the, the populations, and the, the people that sign up for our program as a way of holding ourselves accountable that we're really trying to um, roll this out across our whole cam uh, campus and our whole community, not just those people that might tend to right away uh, have the inclination to sign up for something. So you're going to see a lot of mitigation strategies on campus, mask wearing, social distancing, food pickup. And um, I like to really stress also the concept of the pod or the bubble, or, and I like to ask students, how big is your bubble? Uh, because you want to think about limiting your contacts in a, in a smaller way, in smaller pods for now, so that um, if someone does get sick in a pod of people, it doesn't spread too far and it keeps the job of our contact tracers uh, a, little bit more, uh, a little bit more doable, a little bit more achievable. Uh, so those are some of the main suggestions I have for keeping safe on campus. Uh, and then, you know, really there's a lot of, um, been a, a lot of planning and a lot of work set forth to put mitigation into place. And so the more that we all work together and take this on as a challenge as a community and, and work with the mitigation strategies together, I think the more successful we'll be. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.